Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Howard. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network Friday edition of the show. My name's Connor Halley. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. Got a fun show coming up for you today. Later on, we will be joined by Zach Lang. He, of course, covers the Oilers for Oilers Nation. The Edmonton Oilers, as of late, not playing their best hockey. I know we were off on Tuesday. I had a couple technical difficulties with the recording, so I wasn't able to get a show out. It's all good and now. And uh, since the last time we spoke, as I mentioned... Hasn't been a great hockey for those Edmonton Oilers, of course. Uh, last Friday, they fall to the Seattle Kraken 4-3. Pretty uninspiring effort. We thought we might see a nice rebound on the following Sunday. Didn't happen. Oilers go down 5-1. to The controversial Connor McDavid ejection. The LA Kings making them play on the ensuing power play. And uh, yeah, 5-1 loss for the Oilers on Tuesday. The Minnesota Wild roll into town, a team that was on fire. Playing some really good hockey right now. Uh, they beat up on the Oilers 4-1, to and then on a Thursday evening, it was the Boston Bruins coming to town, knocking off the Oil 3-2, to so four straight losses for the Edmonton Oilers. They've got the Carolina Hurricanes coming up on Saturday, and then after that, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. This was a really tough homestand, and uh, I, I know there was some excitement about the team being home for a little while, but all of these games, and maybe the exception was the LA Kings, were tough games for this team, and uh, it's worked out that way, not to... Not to mention that the Oilers haven't been playing their best hockey as of late. Uh, some injuries that they're dealing with. Uh, it's going to be a tough next couple games. So for the Edmonton Oilers, like I said, Carolina Hurricanes and the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll talk to that or talk about that with uh, Zach Ling from Oilers in the Nation. Just a few thoughts from last night's game, and uh, it wasn't good uh, for the Edmonton Oilers again. Uh, they allow the other team to come out and score first, and something you're not too used to seeing for the Edmonton Oilers. Shorthanded goals. We know how good the power play has been for this team starting off this season. Slowed down a little bit. At uh, times a little stale. A lot of passing around the outside. Uh, but last night, uh, they would eventually fix that. But originally, Brad Marchand scoring the shorthanded goal made a one nothing. Classic Edmonton Oilers this season. A slow start. Uh, Tyson Berry. Sloppy play on the blue line. Uh, kind of inexcusable for him. You, you almost have to make the simple play there and just get that puck into the corner and, you know, let the star players do some dirty work and, and win a puck battle. He turns it over, goes the other way. Brad Marchand, the guy who we know can put points up in this, in this league. Uh, he makes no mistake, beats Stuart Skinner. 
And the second period, Jake DeBrest, the local product, son of Louie, he scored on the power play, a play that I thought maybe could have been whistled down. I thought Kyler Yamamoto was tripped on the play, but we move on. Jake DeBrest scoring his fifth goal of the season. Taylor Hall picks up the helper there. The Edmonton Oilers would get back into it. Like I said, the power play uh, finally making it work. Leon Dreisaitl scoring his 22nd and 23rd points of the season. Uh, assist to McDavid and Tyson Berry on both of those goals. But uh, that was all the scoring for the Edmonton Oilers. Matt Grizzlick would score his first goal of the season. Slump buster against the Edmonton Oilers. Taylor Hall picks up his second assist of the game. And with that, the Oilers fall 3-2, to two. it was one of those games for the Edmonton Oilers, in my opinion. Too many bystanders, a lot of people watching. Um, taking on the Boston Bruins, you, you got to get up for that game. <laughs> taking on the Minnesota Wild, you've got to get up for that game. And in both cases, the Edmonton Oilers unable to do so. So we'll see what happens. We'll see uh, if they can get a little bit healthier in the lineup. But no update as of yet for Chris Russell. He obviously took the hit from behind and left the game. A little similar to what we saw with Connor McDavid on Tuesday. But not the same penalties. Not to say that the refs are against the Oilers, but uh, I'm sure the Oilers fans, the Oilers nation out there can uh, be a little bit ticked off about that one. Very quickly, I just want to give a quick shout-out to DraftKings. If you're going to sign up today, make sure to use promo code THPN. When you do that, it'll help you out. Of course, the NHL's in full swing. The NFL on weekends. You've got the NBA. You've got golf. MLB when it wraps around, UFC, lots of fun to be had on DraftKings with Daily Fantasy Sports. So check it out, DraftKings. And like I said, promo code THPN when you do that. Uh, let's talk more about the Edmonton Oilers as we bring in Zach Lang. He's the news director for Oilers Nation, Daily Faceoff, and the Nation Network. You can also get him with the Golden Bears broadcast, color commentator on that one. Give him a follow on Twitter, at ZJLang. Zach, thank you so much for doing this today. How are you doing? Hey, my pleasure. I'm doing well. Uh... You know, nice day outside, so I'm going to go outside and enjoy some weather today. Oh, right on. What are you getting up to? Uh, just going out to my uncle's place. He lives just outside of the city, so go out and uh, hang out there for the afternoon. It's my little refuge from the city. <laughs> that's uh, that's not a bad idea, and I, I think maybe some Oilers fans can relate. It's been a, a little bit toxic over the last four games, as, of course, the Oilers, uh, they're not playing their best hockey, taking on a higher caliber of opponent. Um I mean, we'll, we'll get to the game against the Boston Bruins on Thursday night, uh, but I just want to go back to last weekend. I, I didn't do the podcast earlier on, so I got a little catching up to do, but uh, the games against the Kraken and the Kings last week, games that I thought, I mean, n- nothing's guaranteed in the NHL, but I was leaning towards thinking they should probably win those games. Uh, slow starts in both, obviously. Connor McDavid getting kicked out uh, towards the end of the Kings' power play, taking full advantage, didn't help. But what was your impressions of those two games for the Edmonton Oilers uh, going back to last week? Well, I think it's really disappointing for me because the Oilers really seemed like they came out flat in, in both those games, and they really didn't seem to be able to generate a whole lot either. Which is disappointing to see. As you mentioned, you know, those are two games that you, you don't want to pencil in wins, but those are ones that you'd like to see the Oilers be a little more competitive in, right? It, it kind of harkens back to that road trip out east where, you know, they came out really flat against teams like Detroit and Buffalo, and those are two teams that the Oilers should, on paper at the very least, you know, be able to show well against. I also think it speaks to the Pacific Division as well, you know. Seattle's kind of starting to find their way offensively. They've kind of struggled with that earlier in the year. Um, and now they're starting to score some goals and, and becoming a little bit more dangerous. 
and the Kings, I mean, man, it's, it's just been interesting to see the kind of bounce back season they've had up till this point. So yeah, it was definitely a couple of disappointing games for the Oilers. And I think especially that one against LA uh, served as a little bit of a wake up call to the team. Now, I mean, the topic, and, it, and it's been this way for a little while now, and to me, it, it almost seems like it goes back to Todd McClellan, the slow starts. And for me personally, I, I've played sports, obviously not at the NHL level, but I don't, I don't really necessarily get the coaching thing. I, I'm sure there's tweaks that Dave Tippett could do to try to get the guys going just a little bit more. But in my personal experience, when I've, when I've had a slow start in, you know, my athletic endeavors, it's never been like, oh man, coach, you killed us there. Yeah, you didn't have us ready. What, what was your thoughts on the whole slow start thing? And do you have a way that you think the Oilers can try to correct this? Because man, it's, it's getting out of hand. It is getting out of hand, and, and as you mentioned, it's not something that's new for this team either. You know, even back to the McClellan days, and even before that, you know, the Oilers have historically been a team that started slow, and I do think a lot of that does fall on the coaching staff. You know, they're the ones that have to prepare the players for the games. You know, they're the ones that need to remind the players of, hey, look, teams like LA and Seattle, they're going to be coming out trying to beat you up early on, right? They they want to come out fast. They want to come out strong. Teams are excited to play the Edmonton Oilers right now. You, you listen to any of the interviews from any other team, and especially on Sunday, Drew Doughty, uh, the LA Kings defenseman, he said he really gets up for these games against McDavid and Dreisaitl because they are the best in the world. So I think that there's definitely an element that falls on the coaching staff to make sure that these players are, are prepared you know, mentally and physically for these games. But I think at the end of the day, too, it does also fall on the players, of course, right? You know, they're the ones that are out there on the ice. They're the ones that need to come out and, and give that jump. But, you know, when you see the coaching staff put the third line out there to start the game, <laughs> yes. it, it, it can almost be a little bit frustrating in a sense, right? Because, yeah, sure, they're kind of an energy line. But at the end of the day, like, you know, goals are what matters, right? And you've seen, you know, 16 of 25 games this season, the Oilers have coughed up the first goal. And especially in this last stretch, they've been doing it really early in the games, in the first two, three minutes of the game. Um, so I think that there definitely needs to be some adjustments from the coaching staff, uh, you know, to keep this team a little better prepared. Yeah, you know, that that's a really great point. I, I think I even tweeted that out. Like, if, if it's me, every time you start a period, 97 or 29 has to be out there. Like, any time you're coming back from a TV timeout, those guys are going to get their minutes. I mean you got to go mano-a-mano against them and say, hey, we have the better players out here. It doesn't matter who you're putting out there. Let's get our top-end talent out there because that, that's where the offense is coming from. That's, uh, you know, I, 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 it stood out to me as well that that third line got out there. Like, I don't know what you're trying to accomplish by having them start a game or a period. Yeah, it's frustrating to see, honestly. And, and I think at times Dave Tippett has outcoached himself. You know, I think he's overthought certain scenarios, and I think that's definitely one of those situations where – you know, he's probably thinking a little bit too hard about, you know, the opening 30 seconds of that game when, you know, it's really the opening five minutes that he needs to be considering. And guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl are the ones that are going to come out there quick and use that speed, get pucks in, and, and get some shots on net early. You know, the, the Oilers have become predictable to play against, right? If you come out against the Edmonton Oilers strong in the first five minutes of the game, you are going to beat them up and you are going to wear them down early, and they're going to lose their morale pretty quickly. And, and that, too, is also where I think the coaching staff needs to step up and, and um, you know, get the boys up on the bench and, and keep that uh, motivation levels and that, those spirit levels high, so to speak. 
Now, I mean, we we had some texts coming in that you know a guy like Duncan Keith is missed in these situations. So um, you, when when you look at him and and not the contract and off the ice kind of stuff, but just focusing strictly as this guy on the ice as a leader, do you do you think there's elements of his game and personality that this team is missing right now? Yeah, I mean, possibly. I, I think he is a leader. I, I mean, it's it's hard to say because. You know, Duncan Keith has only played, you know, a dozen, two dozen games tops with this team. So, you know, as much as he comes in to be kind of a leader, you know, he's still a guy trying to get his feet wet, um, you know, with this team and with this organization and with this city. So, you know, I think it falls on some of the other guys, like the McDavid's and the Dry Saddles and the Darnell Nurses, um, to really step up in the wake of, you know, some of these veteran guys. And, you know, of course... Mike Smith is another one of those guys that, yeah. you know, really can get the team going. And, and obviously with, with his injury, he hasn't been around the team very much at all over the last couple of weeks here. And, and I think that probably played into it a little bit as well. But at the end of the day, you know, you can't make excuses for these slow starts. Um, at the end of the day, the, the players that are out there need to realize um, that they need to step up in the wake of some of these veterans not being in the lineup. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you can score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I want to ask you about uh, going back to the hit uh, Connor McDavid laid on Adrian Kempe Sunday night and uh, got the ejection. Uh, last night we saw a similar play on Chris Russell. Obviously he left the game. He did not return. Blaming the officials, I, it doesn't matter what team you're a fan of. You've done it before. We've we've all been there. Every fan base does it. How? I mean, just the inconsistencies right now with officiating, how frustrating has it been for you to watch? Oh, it's, it's really difficult. It's really frustrating to see happen. On a consistent basis, you don't know what's going to happen, what's going to get called, and what's not going to get called. I mean, last night, late in the third period, we saw multiple penalties being committed against Connor McDavid, and there was no call. He was getting hauled down in the in the offensive zone. He was getting interfered with um, beyond the, the realm of what's typically accepted at the NHL level. Um, it's, it's frustrating to watch as a fan because – you want to see uh, hockey players doing their best and succeeding in any chance that they're given. And when they're consistently being impeded against by opposing players, um, it's really frustrating to see because, you, you know, you can sit here and say, oh, yeah, the officiating, rah, rah, rah. But it, it's really an issue that the NHL has been dealing with for a long time and, and honestly probably not dealing with, to be honest, right? It's, uh, it's something they seem to bury their head in the sand a little bit. And, you know, even last Last year, we, we heard Gary Bettman was asked about the officiating at the year-end uh, uh, press conferences he did, and he's like, yeah, I see no problems with the officiating. And everybody's sitting here kind of throwing our hands up. It's 
it's the whole Winnipeg series all over again where, you know, Connor McDavid is being interfered with on a on a on an every shift basis, basically, and, and he's not able to do what he, he can do at the NHL level. You know, the NHL's struggling with attendance this year as well. And I think if they really want to be bringing in fans and getting more people in the stands, they need to do everything that they can to make the NHL game as exciting as possible. And for there to be exciting hockey, you need to have goals scored. And and as we all know, the power play gives teams the opportunity to score at, at much higher levels and higher rates. And and uh, I think the NHL really needs to sit back and admit defeat on this one and, and really trying to revamp their uh, officiating system. Yeah, and to me, like, it... It, it would change the way the game is played. Obviously, yeah, for for a while, you're going to get more power plays and you're going to get more offense. But long term, uh, you know, if if you can't skate, you won't play in the NHL. If you keep taking penalties, you know, you're not you're going to find yourself in the press box, and you know, you're going to learn to defend differently. And that that could even open it up for more highlight reel goals, like Connor McDavid blazing down the side. Okay, I, I know I can't grab him, I can't stick him. I'm taking a penalty yet to try to defend him differently. Which might lead to a, a highlight real goal, which helped grows the game. It's it's been ridiculous, and I know I think uh, Austin Matthews. It's been highlighted now. He hasn't drawn a penalty. It's it's getting ridiculous, and it's it's from the top. Like it almost seems like something ha- has to happen at the very top. You know, the old boys club. I think Taylor Hall even referenced that a couple couple months back or a couple weeks ago. Like, what do you think the hesitancy is for Gary Bettman and the, and the guys running the league to to not make these changes? Because we see it in every other sport. Uh, the NFL, the NBA, the, like those leagues are thriving right now because they try to help their superstars. Meanwhile, the NHL seems to tell them just to, as Tortorella said, shut up and fight through it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, honestly. I have spent hours racking my brain around why the NHL doesn't want to protect their stars and allow them to succeed at the NHL level uh, and the professional level here. It, it really makes no sense to me. I, I cannot think of a legitimate reason as to why they wouldn't want this to happen. You know, look, at the end of the day, there's a problem with your league. If guys like Brendan Lemieux lead the league in, in penalty drawn, penalties drawn per hour, you know, you've got like a bottom six grinder who's out there drawing more penalties on a regular basis than a guy like Connor McDavid. Um, it, it's really frustrating. And, and you look at the, the leagues like the NFL and the NBA, you know, they're not perfect. You know, they're going to get calls wrong. They're going to mess things up. Uh, you know, I know you're a big NFL guy, and, and we've seen the, the roughing the passer calls this year, for example, yeah. um, coming through at a much higher level. And they're doing it to protect their players and, and allow for the players to have the most possible chances to succeed. And it just doesn't make sense why the NHL doesn't want to do that. And I think you hit it on the head, too, with the old boys club comment. Um, you know, they still seem to want to play hockey like it was in the 1990s, where it's the clutch and grab style of play. and and, uh, you know, you have to work for every single square inch of the ice and, and that sort of a thing. Yeah. That's not the NHL anymore. The NHL is all about speed. It's all about skill. It's all about creativity. I mean, you look what Trevor Zegers did in Anaheim uh, yeah. with Sonny Milano against Buffalo a couple of days ago. Like, that's a goal that gets people talking. I even saw uh, clips on Twitter of little kids in, in, like, peewee hockey at a practice just two kids standing behind and in front of the net, trying to flip the puck over the net and bat it in, just like Zegers and Milano did. And the kids had the same reactions that Trevor Zegers and Sonny Milano did, and they're having fun with it. That's how you grow the game. You allow for these these kids to look up to these players, see this incredible offensive talent that they have in this ceiling, and allow the kids to try and replicate that, right? Nobody out there is watching the NHL and saying, oh, yeah, 
I really love watching guys clutch and grab each other and haul each other down all the time. You know, nobody's out there saying that anymore, and it's time the NHL realizes that. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And, I mean, you know, with all due respect to the NHL on NBC, you know, they did what they could. But now you're on TNT, you're on ESPN, you've got such a big platform um, these, these amazing things happen and you're starting to see the features done. Like, I, I don't know if you saw the Jeremy Schapp one on the McDavid goal versus the Rangers, but it was awesome. And how many people, uh, maybe down in, in the southern states or the Midwest who aren't big hockey fans are scrolling through and see this amazing guy from Edmonton, this goal that he scored. Like, that's what we need to see. That's how you're going to grow the game. And I, it just, it boggles my mind every time I, it's almost a nightly basis where a call's missed or something goes wrong, and I just don't know how you correct it with the current regime running the NHL. Uh, Zach Lang of Oilers Nation joining me here on the Other Connor Podcast. Let's go back to the Oilers just a little bit. Uh, Thursday night, they fall to the Boston Bruins. Uh, another slow start. Uh, a guy who is and I think will become more and more a whipping boy, Tyson Berry. Man, that play on the power play. What is he doing there? Oh man, it's bad. It was a really, really bad one. He, he, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because the people who are the Barry supporters say, well, Tyson Barry's a very good puck handler and a very good puck mover. But whenever I see Tyson Barry on the ice, he treats the puck like it's a live grenade. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened on that Oilers power play late in the first period. You know, the draw gets one back to the point and Barry sees Patrice Bergeron bearing down on him and he just freezes and he doesn't know what to do with the puck. And all of a sudden he coughs it up to, one of the best penalty killers in the league who finds Brad Marchand on a breakaway and, and Brad Marchand's going to score that goal every single time. Um, it, it was frustrating to see. And I think the biggest issue is this is the stuff that I've been kind of saying for a while now. You know, you look at a guy like Tyson Berry and his skill set is easily replicated on the Oilers right now with a guy like Evan Bouchard. Everything that Tyson Berry can do, Evan Bouchard can do right now. And it's been interesting to see a guy like Bouchard um, I think leading this leading scoring in, in defensemen above Tyson Berry for the majority of this season. And mind you, this is all the while that Bouchard doesn't play any minutes on the power play. I, you know, Tyson Berry is getting all the power play minutes still, and and you've got a guy in Bouchard that's right there with him in scoring, playing only even strength minutes. Um, all the while, you got Bouchard still on an entry level contract, and Tyson Berry making four and a half million dollars for you know two more years beyond this one. It's really frustrating to see, and I, you have to wonder if there's a trade there for Tyson Berry at some point because um, he, he's not playing well at five-on-five, five, and he's becoming a detriment on the Oilers' power play now as well. Um, you look at, in the last couple of games, how much time Darnell Nurse has been spending on the power plays as well because they're trying to get different looks on the back end right now, and that's the difference between you know Berry and Nurse is that left shot versus right shot um, sort of skill set, and it changes the look of the power play, and I thought Nurse's looked good back down the point, too. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And even going back to last year, I thought Nurse was uh, okay in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I, looking at the, the stat sheet, you know, Tyson Berry obviously ends up with two assists at the end of the game, both on the power play um, and, and things that I think that Evan Bouchard could surely do as well. And, and it, it's funny because on Twitter last night, uh, like an old take from May was thrown in my face where I – I was standing with Hernan Salas, who who had a very funny tweet at the time, and I think it was a bit of a troll job because he didn't allow replies to it. It was funny. Um, I was okay with Tyson Berry last year. Uh, I thought, you know, you knew exactly what you were going to get from him. He led the the league in points and uh, at times was a, a liability defensively. I, I could accept that. 
even going into this off season, I thought, you know, for one year, okay. I, I know his camp doesn't want one year, but if it's one year, I, they can bite the bullet. That will give another year for Evan Bouchard to really take the reins. Uh, the three-year contract definitely threw me off, and yeah, I don't know. That's it's going to look worse and worse. I think every year, unless, like you say, they're able to make a move and and make that trade. Uh, just sticking with the trend of the Oilers' young blue liners. What have you thought of uh, Nima Linen and Philip Broberg in their time with the Oilers so far this year? I mean, I've been really impressed with both of those young men. They've stepped up and they've played pretty admirably given the circumstances. You know, the Oilers' left side. And back end as a whole has been a little bit depleted here in recent weeks, and I thought they both stepped up and played well. Um, you know, Broberg, he, we're starting to see why the Oilers drafted him eighth overall. You know, he's got the size, he's got the skating, and he is a very smart defenseman out there. I've been really impressed with his his uh, hockey IQ, so to speak, and what the moves and the plays that you know we've seen him making. You know, I think of the two, Nina Linen looks a little bit more um, NHL ready, I think, than Broberg does. And I think part of that is because of Nima Linen's size and, and his physicality that he brings. You know, it's interesting. The Oilers were in a tough spot this past offseason, losing Adam Larson, as we all know, you know, to Seattle and the expansion draft and free agency. Um, and Adam Larson really played with that snarl. He had that bite from the back end. Um, he was a physical guy. He made four checkers and opposing puck carriers keep their head on a swivel because they knew that if Adam Larson was out there on the ice, that you know, they were going to be going up against the very physical defenseman. And I thought through the first couple of weeks of the season, um, really until Nima Leinen came up, the Oilers' defense has been playing rather soft. We haven't really seen much of that physicality from them on the back end. We haven't really seen anybody be aggressive um, defensively, whether it's along the boards or in front of the net. And I think Nima Leinen is one of those guys that, you know, at 6'6", 220 pounds, you know, he's a, he's a big body who can play. And, you know, we even saw last night he made a great play down um, uh, negating a goal late in that game against Boston uh, just by being in the right place and getting a stick in the right spot. So, you know, I've been pretty impressed with both of them uh, throughout the, the early parts here, and I'm not surprised to see Nima Linen stick around over a guy like Goldberg right now. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I was totally okay with that Broberg, man. Let him go down to Bakersfield and and just develop a little bit more, play heavy yeah. ice time. Um, do we got to give the, the the coaching staff and, and maybe the front office of the drafts the last few years a little more credit for what they've been able to do? Like uh, Caleb Jones, Ethan Bear, uh, we've seen Broberg, Bouchard, Samarukov, Nima Line, and like they're producing guys who come to the NHL and and they're ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think. You know, probably the best thing that Peter Chiarelli did for the Edmonton Oilers, besides signing Leon Draisaitl to, to his contract, was the way that he drafted for this team. Chiarelli did an incredibly good job drafting and helping build up the cupboards uh, for, for the Ken Holland regime here. And I think also on top of that, a lot of credit should be going to Jay Woodcroft down in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Now, he's been down there for a number of seasons, and he's been imperative to the development of all of these young players that are stepping up and, and playing really good hockey at the NHL level. Um, you know, and it wasn't just Caleb Jones and, and uh, Ethan Barry either. It's been Ryan McLeod, who I thought has looked absolutely tremendous, one of the best players in the Oilers' bottom six night in and night out, and he's still a rookie in the NHL technically. Um, and, and on the coaching thing too, it, it, you wonder when, to, uh, when Jay Woodcroft is going to get his call for a head coaching job. You know, we look at what he's been doing down there in Bakersfield. They've been incredibly successful. They've had some nice playoff runs down there as well with some younger teams. Um, you know, and, and if 
at the end of the season, you're sitting there and, you know, Dave Tippett's contract is up at the end of the year. You have to wonder if maybe Jay Woodcroft gets a look at the Edmonton Oilers job if, if Dave Tippett isn't able to get this team to the next level in the playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Jay Woodcroft. Uh, Dave Manson as well, doing a great job with their blue liners. Uh, big fan of the whole coaching staff down there uh, with the Condors. My last question for you, Zach, I uh, really appreciate you doing this today. Of course, the Oilers taking on the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday night. Ethan Bear revenge game if you are playing DraftKings. I, I highly recommend you pick him up for this one because, I mean, he'll probably score a hat trick. Uh, how do you think this one plays out on Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, I... Uh... I think the Oilers are going to play a good game. I mean, we've seen them kind of turning around here against Minnesota and Boston um, by playing more complete games, and I think that's really good to see. You know, good teams are going to slump. It's going to happen, and I think the Edmonton Oilers are a good team, but I also think that, you know, this four-game stretch here has shown that the Oilers maybe aren't as good as we thought that they were. You know, maybe they're not that elite top five, top six team in the league, and maybe a little closer to the league average mark than we thought. Carolina's going to be a tough game, man. They are one of the best teams out east. Uh, they're a team that plays with a lot of jump and a lot of energy. They have no problem rolling four lines against you and, and coming out every shift and outworking you. I think Rod Brindamore has done a tremendous job with that team. And a guy like Ethan Bear, you know, you know this is going to be a game that he's going to be up for, um, given what's going on. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, and obviously the hope is that the Oilers are able to kind of snap this losing skid here and put together a complete game and get some scoring from the bottom six, get some greasy goals. You know, maybe someone, you know, gets a puck in off the off their backside and it bounces into the net. Like, those are the type of goals that the Oilers are going to need here to, 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 to bust out of this slump. Well, Zach, I really appreciate you doing this today. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, if anyone wants to check out your work, Oilers Nation, uh, what's coming up uh, up on the website there with that in DFO? Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff as always. So uh, today you got a couple of pieces up. I uh, did a little article about uh, Teo Pizzani, the son of former Edmonton Oilers legend Fernando. He got drafted by the Edmonton Oil Kings. And I got a little something coming up this afternoon about Chris Russell uh, as well. And then uh, over the weekend we'll have some, some conversations about the depth scoring on this team and uh, what's been going wrong for them. Awesome stuff. Lots coming up. Zach, thanks so much for doing this again. Really appreciate it. And uh, enjoy your little retreat here. Yeah, thanks. Have a great day. There you go. That is Zach Lang of Oilers Nation, Daily Faceoff, and the Nation Network. Also, color commentary for the University of Alberta Golden Bears hockey team. Give him a follow on Twitter, at ZJ Lang. Really appreciate Zach hopping on the show today, sharing his thoughts and insight for the Edmonton Oilers. Trying to kick off this, uh, well, not kick off, but wrap up this losing streak. Four in a row. I know Dave Tippett, he called it two, three. It's three. Now it's four. Tough one for the Edmonton Oilers, and it's not going to get easier in the next couple games here. Saturday night, they take on the Carolina Hurricanes down at the Ice District. It's an 8 o'clock puck drop. I don't know if that will benefit the Oilers. We'll wait and see what happens there. If you need some pregame coverage, tune into TSN 1260, 630. Tom Gazzola, Matt Cassian, and myself will have you covered Saturday night in the Oilers off until Tuesday after that when the red-hot Toronto Maple Leafs roll into town. Now, that's a team that started off a little bit slow, but... 
their superstars have come alive. They're starting to play some very good hockey. So that should be a very fun matchup on Tuesday night. Of course, we will have a show before that. The new episode will drop on Tuesday morning. We'll set that game up. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Big thank you to our guest, Zach Lang, for joining us, our sponsor, DraftKings. Sign up today. Make sure to use promo code THPN. My name's Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Connor Halley, and we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.